Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. We've got another camp uh, update podcast. So we're gonna, we have Sean Morash of WFAN, their new midday show on for about 20 to 22 minutes, and Tommy Lugar. How about that? So we got two of those guys from that show. Uh, I want to do a little bit of looking ahead to the joint practices that we will be at. I want to, Nine practices in, I, I, we just need to talk about Daniel Jones in the offense, nickel corner. But we'll start with Evan Neal. Uh, Justin, first, this episode is brought to you by some special people. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just You're like, excited. I just want to let people know we got a lot to get to. Got a lot got, to get to. We also have to get to our Patreon people. So... Um, and, and it's so let, before we get into it, it has been so much fun to do these training camp things, get mm-hmm. to talk with everybody, meet people like it's it, it's people will be like, oh, I hope I'm not bothering. It's like, no, man, it's really nice yeah. to talk to people and meet people that listen. Like, it's cool to put like names, uh, faces to names and just be like, hey, there is people that actually listen in like us. So uh, first episode brought to you. I'm sure we've met some of these people. John Ballard, Jake Ballard's brother, James Kelleher. I wonder if he knows Rich Kelleher, Trey McRae, which reminds me of Trace McGrady, SS Super Dario, and Super Dario, and Kevin Jordan reminds me of Michael uh, Brev, Brevin Jordan, the oh. tight end out of Miami that we talked about the draft. Who would you? Oh, <laughs> Justin, who are these people? I recorded you the other day. Who are these people, Justin? Sneezing in the Manhattan office. And who are these people? I may or may not release it. No. I already said the last episode of Talking Giants when it's like the last, you know, like Mike and Mike, they split up after 15 years. We yeah. do that. Is that, I, what we're, is that what we're going to do in 15 yeah. years? And I'm just going to be and I'm going to sneeze on that. Show. Who's going to split up with who? It, that's that's how at, at some point every radio duo split Mike and the Mad Dog, Mike and Mike, it's, I, at, at some point every radio duo splits up. So at some point we will. John Ballard's in the chat and John Ballard is already taking advantage of being in here. While we're recording the shows on a little bit of a Saturday night. Giants have off on Sunday, so we decided to record on Saturday night. John Bout taking advantage of the perks of you get to hang out with us while, live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail when he's back in Florida. And there's a couple shirt raffles uh, two times a month. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks to our patrons. Evan Neal left practice on Friday with the concussion. Weird because they wear those things on their heads. Yeah, and you told me today that they're heavy. they are heavy. So I, I thought they might be like these light little like cotton things. They they are definitely not. So disappointing one because I really want to see Evan Neal in Detroit and I think if there's anyone who needs preseason game reps this season, this year it is Evan Neal. I would expect him to not even travel to Detroit um, and not play in the preseason game. Hopefully good for the second preseason game. Obviously, you don't want to see anyone get concussion, but it's at least it's not something that should be lingering into the season. You know, whether it's like you know the shoulder injury he had last year or anything with his legs, we don't want to see that. Um, but it's led to us knowing who the swing tackle was, and it's crazy, Justin, because I was talking with Rich, uh, Rich and Ed of Big Blue uh, Huddle, and we were talking that practice about Matt Parrott is playing pretty well. And, and obviously playing better than Tyree Phillips. And Tyree Phillips, who's having maybe the worst camp out of anybody out here. You know, at least someone that's, you know, we think is part of, you know, the top 40 guys on the yeah. roster or whatever. is having a really bad camp. And Matt Parrott's looking better in that swing tackle job. He's going to take, he should, like, we're like, I think he should take it now. Which, going into camp, I was in the Tyree Phillips uh, uh, boat. And then, lo and behold, well, now we're in that situation. Matt Parrott comes in. Uh, Matt Parrott does look better, and I want to talk about just Neil in a second about his development. Matt Parrott definitely looks better, uh, but 
He's like Matt Parrott dominates Oshane Zimenez, and he should. And he's moving well. He's obviously got the athleticism and the size to play in the NFL, where Oshane Zimenez makes guys like Tyree Phillips look silly. Parrott does the opposite. Um, now, we saw a full day of team drills, and Kayvon got him a few times, but he doesn't look like out totally outmatched out there, which would be a good sign. You know, it's year four of Matt Parrott. We know Parrott has all the ability in the world, and but hopefully he can turn into a solid swing tackle. Yeah, contract year for... Matt Parrott, too, which is an underrated storyline heading heading into the Giants season. Hopefully it continues to be an underrated storyline and Evan Neal gets healthy and we never have to talk about it again. But swing tackle, Matt Parrott's clearly winning it right now. Matt Parrott did all right. Did all right against Kayvon Thibodeau. I guess uh, I guess I missed some plays where Kayvon Thibodeau uh, had, some, had, a, had, a, had some good reps on Saturday against Matt Parrott. But the reps that I saw, Matt Parrott was like holding his own. And he looks balanced. He looks fast. He looks quick. Um, his hands look like they're in a good spot. So, you know, Matt Parrott for swing tackle. And he's looking all right uh, in Evan Neal's absence. Well, I want to talk about Kayvon and Evan Neal all in one. Uh, because Kayvon in a one-on-one beat Matt Parrott really well going outside in, and then in team drills beat him clean a few times. Like I said, wasn't out there dominating Matt Parrott down in, down out, like if Tyree Phillips was out there. But he did get some, like he, Kayvon Thibodeau had his best practice, and it was against Matt Parrott, which is kind of a backhanded compliment about Kayvon. And if there's any, like Kayvon is someone I'm really watching Detroit, I want to see Kayvon work the corner. And work, hey, you know, use your power to the yeah. corner because he's kind of only being able to win when he's going outside in, which is and he's only done like outside to inside stuff. So, which is like that's that's good that you can do that, but eventually you want to work around the corner. But it also gave me a little more confidence in Evan Neal that yeah, Evan Neal has some bad one on one reps, but they are not what Kayvon was able to do to Matt Parrott in that one on one. Um, and they're not like quick initial losses, which we saw last year, which was encouraging. But in team, Evan Neal is like kind of letting these guys like they're like, you're not going to work the inside against me. You know, like, hey, you might be able to get around the corner, but you're going to get around at eight yards or so. And Andrew Thomas actually did a video with Sean O'Hara that came out on the Giants YouTube page where he talked about like getting to that third step. And it's like first you're getting to your first and second step and you're kind of seeing what that pass rusher is yeah. doing. And you're like, eva- you're like you're analyzing what that guy's doing and seeing what he's trying to do and then cutting off what that thing that he's trying to do. So like Thomas said, well, in a game, it doesn't look like we're kind of freezing and stopping right there. I am, and I'm making that player commit to either go through me or around me or or, or which, yep. whichever way the pass rusher is working. Which a lot of times you talk about getting to that third step versus it was interesting to, to hear how Andrew Thomas was talking about how the big decision marker comes at what the rest of the play is going to look like after that second step. Yeah, where it's like, and we, we've kind of seen it with Neil because we see it one-on-ones are more pass rush heavy, but you see Neil like, bam, bam, and if they throw a little move, it kind of freezes him a little bit. So if they counter off that move, that's where we've seen uh, Evan Neal have a bad rep here or there in one-on-ones. But in team drills, it's like, no, like the bad reps by Neil are almost always – guys working around the corner at a like eight yards which isn't isn't it's not a bad rep but it's also not a great dominant rep but once we see other neil connected with the guy so i i'm kind of in in between on evan neil where what that what that tells me is this is a stu this is a dude that still needs to get comfortable with the things that he worked on and improved on over the offseason, which is fine, which is why it sucks that he got the concussion because more reps is better, and especially now that we're going to go to Detroit, it sucks that he's going to miss that because more reps against different guys would also make him better as well. Like, we've seen 
Like I am going to use the word dramatic improvement from last season to this training camp. And I'm not going to use the word dramatic as an Evan Neal is, a, is an elite tackle now, but it's dramatic in the, in terms that Evan Neal was a turnstile and one of the worst tackles in football this year, last year. Um, this year, he's looking like he's going to be okay as of right now. But that when he freezes like that, that is just telling me, we got to get you with more reps. We got to get you out there with more practice. He's got to get more comfortable yes. with, like you said, doing the new things that he's doing. And obviously, like he's he's got like the athleticism, and you're seeing him flash that. So, I, but I am like, we do see real improvement over Evan Neal. It's yeah. a different player. Where last year he was getting embarrassed in camp, and he got embarrassed like by season. by Kayvon Thibodeau too. And and the, like even it, it almost looked every one on one rep of Evan Neal last year versus Kayvon or Aziz was pretty damn bad. And then on team drills, how many times do we see, man, Kayvon? I mean, last year, Kayvon had a better camp because he got to go against last year's version of Evan Neal. Yeah. Um, so there is there is clear improvements. Now, I just have high standards for Evan Neal where I do want to see him become a great right tackle. And maybe that happens by the end of the year or it's a next-year thing, and this year he's a solid right tackle. But right now what I'm seeing is a solid right tackle and not a really good one, and I have higher expectations for him. So I think there is going to be ups and downs. But, yeah, there is there's very clear improvement out of Evan Neal. He's a better player. He seems like a more calm player. I'm glad that there's no shoulder or knee injury that he's yeah. got to deal with. Hopefully but, concussion doesn't linger. But he needs to get preseason live action reps where your yeah. quarterback can get hit too. You know, like there was one rep I was like a few days ago where Aziz got to that inside shoulder and if the quarterback wasn't right there, he may have turned, you know, turned, you know, turned him around and got a sack on that. But, you know, he had to pull up. So, and that's another part difficulty with tackles in camp is like they can't totally finish these reps uh, unless they just get clean quick initial wins which to Evan Neal's credit they're not doing right um so I I just I have I don't want last year's bad Evan Neal to lower my expectations for him long term I still I, I I said this on the last thing the other day I want just the best tackle duel in the NFL like when we drafted Evan Neal, that's what I envisioned was having the best tackle duel in the NFL and I and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like it, I'm not going to go away from that expectation out of Evan Neal. He's a really good prospect, and I'm excited to see him this year. It just sucks that we don't get to see him uh, in Detroit this week, most most likely, unless he's uh, is ready to go and we do a, a pull of Yankees on him. <laughs> pull of Yankees, huh? Let's not pull of Yankees. Uh, can we talk about Jalen Hyatt? Well, let's talk about just Daniel Jones. Yes. Because I think we've talked about the receiving game. and the, Let's just talk about now that we've been through nine practices all against our own team. Daniel Jones is just flat out really freaking good through these practices. Yeah, give me some numbers. Like, he's completed 78% of his passes in training camp. And it's not just completing, like, having a high completion percentage. It's different than last year, where this guy is attacking all three levels of the field. And we have that alpha in Darren Waller, who's gotten the most catches from him. Um, and, you know, that's the guy who wins at every level of the field. You know, deep, intermediate, and short. But also, he's been spreading. He's always been a guy that spread the ball around fairly well, and he's spreading it well around to Slayton, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt uh, here and there when he's getting those first team reps for the big plays. But he's getting all like Slayton's had big plays from DJ. Hyatt's had them. Campbell's had them, and they've also all hit. You know, Campbell is more kind of more short or deep with them, but Slayton deep, mid, intermediate, short has done all three of those things. Jalen Hyatt's kind of been deeper bust with them, like they, and then Isaiah Hodgins, who's kind of been the guy who's not had the greatest camp 
is working the quick game, but they've even tried it downfield to him for a couple of, like contested back shoulder stuff. Hodgins just wasn't able to bring them down. Um, so he is spreading the ball around. He has commanded this offense. And I think back to year two of Jason Garrett and those first five games before Andrew Thomas, or first four games before Andrew Thomas got hurt, that within that stupid Jason Garrett <laughs> offense, with awesome. not great talent around him, he was balling through four games, despite the fact that the Giants were one and three. And it wasn't just us Giants fans as homers being like ex- like overexcited. Like Kurt Warner I re- was making videos. I remember all around the league being like, Daniel Jones is kind of balling right now. You know, and obviously the Saints game and winning NFC Player of the Week kind of put that more out in front of everyone because they finally won a game. But so I think about like Daniel Jones having a command a year or two of the offense. And I went back and looked at like Daniel Jones uh, training camp tweets before this and just how I charted. And I'm like, Man, remember this one, Justin? Five of eighteen today, like five, five of eighteen. Two That's, interceptions. You know, yeah, to every like almost every one, like two interceptions this day. Good day, only one interception this week. This time, no interceptions in these. You know, he had twenty four incompletions. You know, he had like I said, like had like thirteen in one practice last year. Um, so, and I, I just it's been good to see out of him he's taking care of the ball while attacking all three levels of the field he has command of this offense you know today we saw or on saturday night we saw a scrimmage where like they were calling sacks dead like just flat out like if you if think this is a sack dead where they would get pressure and he's he's getting out of the pocket he's knowing when to escape the pocket he's not just sitting in there and being like well they can't sack me i can sit in here and throw the ball so he's got a just a really good feel of the offense right now I'm very excited to see it in Detroit against uh, a different team that is, not, you know, not his teammates, not his friends. Different defensive looks. Yeah, different different looks. Like he's, but he's got command of this offense right now, and he's kind of like, you know, like think of the here's the catches: Darren Waller 19, Saquon Barkley 15. Some of that has been like uh, design stuff, but most of it's been checkdowns. So he's been able to get to the checkdowns when it matters. Darius Slayton 14, who's having a really good camp versus Doria Jackson. Paris Campbell 12, and a lot of that quick game stuff and a couple deep ones. Paris Campbell missed some days or missed one day too. So yeah, Isaiah Hodgins eight, Daniel Bellinger six. Every time the ball's from the Bellinger, it's a completion. Cole Beasley got three on Saturday on a couple on third downs on those option routes. So it's like okay, there's some connection growing there. Jalen Hyatt four. Most of those have been deep plays. You know, uh, been targeted a few times in seven on sevens as well well um sterling shepherd two and then like nine guys with one like all the running backs have one jeff smith rest in peace has one jameson crowder colin johnson and lawrence cager all have one i mean you mentioned at the top that you know jones is doing a good job of spreading the ball and he's always done a good job of spreading the ball but i think this camp has mainly taught like the the offseason prep of the like the real offseason like it's still the offseason now but the offseason prep of taking these guys out to Arizona. And, you know, he's even Cole Beasley just came here right before camp. And you see the work that Daniel Jones and Cole Beasley have put, you know, on with each other after practice. Daniel Jones has a very, very good understanding of when and how to target each of his weapons right now. You're seeing it with Waller, the early connection that he had with Waller from day one of camp. And it was even cool on Saturday to see Waller have like, you know, how many catches do you have uh, on Saturday? Four. Four, Which, hey, that's awesome too. Um, You know, finally getting him back as like that number one target during what was a scrimmage day. Um, Paris Campbell, uh, he signed in free agency. We saw that he was out there with Arizona and constantly communicating with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been throwing the ball to Darius Slayton since 2019. Him and Hodgins have always had a good connection. So he understands like the strengths and the weaknesses of these receivers and how and when to throw the ball to these guys because you know now that there's options right 
There's options, and each of these receivers can do something different from the other. Daniel Jones is really, really utilizing it, and you know, as per the 80% completion rate, um, he's kind of choosing it to do it right. Yeah, so this is, I mean, no interceptions while being able to, they're not like slinging it downfield like right. crazy, but you can tell they there's more of a, concert, a concerted eff, uh, effort Last to year that they stuff. tried to do this. It's not even like last year's training camp was the offense that we saw against the Colts and against the Vikings and against, uh, you know, the, some of those teams in the latter part of the year. It wasn't even the offense that we saw like in week six and week seven where they were run. it was very, very run heavy. They, we've talked about it time and time again. They tried over camp last year and then weeks, you know, one, one, two, and three before Shep went down with that injury. They tried to really push the ball downfield. They tried to run the offense that they're running right now in camp, and they could not do it for a multitude of reasons. Um, born of it being Evan Neal, wide receivers, uh, maybe Daniel Jones wasn't comfortable. It all seems like those things are lining up pretty well right now. It's camp. Uh, we'll see how we look. We see how we look. We'll see how we look against Detroit. Let's talk some negative on the yeah. defensive side. And I want to talk about the nickel corner position because there was about four or five days ago where Darnay Holmes was getting third string reps and was like, okay, they gave him a okay. shot. Cordell Flott. He's probably going to be cut. Yeah. Cordell Flott hasn't gotten a first team rep in over three practices. And it's been only when they do the Trey Hawkins on the outside and the Dory in the slot. Uh, you know, and Trey Hawkins is continue just since like like the last part has only been with the first team, and Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes has been with the first team the last three practices and starting with them, and and don't make a YouTube short out of this. I am speculating, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to like think of how this makes sense that this went to from a competition back and forth to Cordell Flott not getting any first team reps, not any, not any. And it's not like Donnie Holmes just came out. If Donnie Holmes came out here and was winning this job and doing really well, then okay. No, he's been the worst defensive player. But yeah, he's been really bad. Uh, and Flot hasn't been much better. And I'm just trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Like, what what is going on with Flot? Like, is there not? Are they not in love with the way Flot goes about his process in the film? Like, what what is going on? With Cordell Flott, because we know how we've seen a pattern of wink, like guys can kind of get in the doghouse. And I, again, I'm speculating. I don't, I'm just trying to figure it out. Because I, Dornay Holmes at his worst is worse than Cordell Flott at his worst, in my opinion. And Cordell Flott is the one you drafted. Like he's, you know, fits your scheme better. And it's not like we're going to the well, they just view Cordell Flott as an outside corner more because he's not getting any outside corner no. reps. He is only, he is solely getting backup nickel corner reps with the second team. Like he's not gonna he's I don't think he's gotten a single outside corner rep no. uh and throughout this training camp. So it's not like they're going back to the, like we just view that him last more opposite on the outside. So I'm just in a spot where and again I'm not like this isn't me banging on the table like Cordell Flott is the deserver starter. He's he's good. Like it's not me like being like Ben like Ben Bredesen. Yeah. With the, like Ben Bredesen deserves to start on this team. Yes, he does. And it'll be bullshit if he doesn't. And I don't care if it. I don't care if it's even Glowinski at right guard and Bredesen at left guard because they're not. But Bredesen is the best interior offensive lineman. He should be starting. If he's not starting week one, I'll be mad about this. So it's, it's not. Yeah. It's not this with Flock because Flock's struggling too. But it's like what's going. What is going on to where the guy they drafted to fit their scheme is not starting over the guy with the contract that has no dead money and the paid uh, the escalators in it who's also really bad. What is going on with this? Yeah. Where it's not like it's a bad, it's not, it'd be one thing if they were going back and forth every day like they did the first four practices. They have went 
where Flaught has not gotten a first-team rep since early last week. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's kind of, it's kind of, fr- it's like nickel corner and the interior offensive line. It's frustrating from the standpoint of we just don't have clarity on the positions right now. Um, even like I'll just go with the interior offensive line for a sec. On Saturday, like Ben Bredesen was the starting center, and it's like, well, we had four days in a row where John Michael Schmitz was the starting center. Why are we? Why are we all like? Why are we alternating? And again, that's not me. Be that's not me questioning the coaching staff and saying they're making the bad decision, the wrong decision. It's just being frustrated as a fan. Like I, I, I want to know what's going on, and probably even more so because there's a little bit more good competition happening with the interior offensive line versus slot corner. It's like bad, bad competition yeah. because Darnay Holmes, Darnay Holmes genuinely has looked worse than Cordell Flott, but Cordell Flott also doesn't look great. Yeah, so it's it's it's. Do we honestly think last year Fabian Moreau came in, started as an outside corner? Um, Nick McLeod was signed here. You he would came, think McLeod would get a first team rep here or there too, and he does, and he hasn't. Um, do we think that there's a shot that the Starting slot corner, or at least a, a corner that can play in the slot, and he's going to get situational reps here and there. Is not on the team right now. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. It, it, yeah, because again, slot corner is not about being the best athlete. A lot of it's just understanding the position, and sometimes vets like that get let go. So yeah, I can I can absolutely see that happening. Um, anything else? I know we want to look ahead to Detroit before the interview that you have. No, yeah, I guess the interior, that interior conversation was the only thing I wanted to touch on, where bef- after we recorded our pod earlier in the week, um, you know, we, were, we, were, we were talking about, I think on that pod, we were talking about how, hey, I think Golinski sat for a day, and you know, Ben Bredesen at right guard. Can that, can that be a shot? Because really, my, my ideal lineup is Josh Azudu left guard, Ben Bredesen right guard, and then John Michael Schmitz at center. And the last couple of days, they've, they've gone back to Mark Lewinsky, and it's like, damn, well, maybe Azudu's not ready. Uh, so let's see Ben Bredesen at left guard. And I'm all right if Azudu's not ready, but let's just get the best guys out there. And they're still doing this cross-training stuff. I, I want clarity on what's going on with the interior offensive line. Yeah, and I think we're going to see that in Detroit because you're going up against other teams' I hope so. players, and I think they're just going to want to put their best out there. Mm-hmm. So I think Detroit will give us a little clarity on that. Yeah. All right, before we get into the interview, the Giants signed D. Jeter out of Michigan mm. and waived Jeff Smith. So they waived the guy with the most boring name on the team and Jeff Smith and signed someone who I said in 2020, I want him on the team just because of his name. I yeah. want a D. Jeter out of Michigan, Donovan Jeter, the defensive tackle. Just a kid from Giants. Michigan, just a kid from Michigan with the name D. Jeter. We were doing Derek Jeter chants in the in the crowd today. Out in New York. It's, it was, it's good to see. I hope he makes... Hope you practice squad. Um, and now they could do new numbers. Like, can he just be number two? We'll love that. Number two is not retired. I don't think we have a number two on the team, do we? No, we don't. Oh, number two may be retired. No, because Tyra Aldrich Rosas. Tyra Taylor's it. number two right now, isn't he? Oh, he's number five. Oh, bad guy, Justin. Doesn't know Tyra Actually, Taylor. no, he's not. Tyra Taylor is number two. I'm an idiot. Good Kayvon's job. number five. Good job. Good job, me. Why don't you talk to us about something? I'll talk to you about something. I'll talk to you about the DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code WORLD. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code WORLD only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Sean Marash said he put $5,000 on the Giants winning 11 games this year. Bet responsibly. Bet responsibly. Don't actually. No. 
Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Massachusetts, call 800-32-75050. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and, Re- and Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help us available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com slash for details and state-specific responsible and gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required per... Max bet $50. 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Draft terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And... Speeding. Speeding. Shoot me with that gun. That's powerful. Shoo. Oh, my God. All right. And here's Sean Marash of WFAN. Come on. Pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we welcome on to the program, new title now, host of the, what, what is, what actually is the title of it? Uh, yeah, I'm a host on the Evan and Tiki show, but I'm not Evan or Tiki. The board operator on the, the Evan board and operator. Tiki show, Sean oh, Marash. On what's going on, dude? <laughs> what's up, bro? How's the new gig? Uh, everything's going really well, I think, so far, as long as you stay out of the Instagram comments where, you know, a lot of fat shaming's occurred, but everything oh. else is good. Yeah, you're Been there. Uh, yeah, we, we're all used to that. But, yeah. <laughs> of course, of uh, course. And I've gotten to listen uh, because I've been in the New York for your first couple of weeks. So it's been nice. It's been nice to hear you. Your first practice that you got to attend. Yes. What did you think? Well, first of all, what's what's jarring still about the table there is how less intense practice is. With yeah. the, like they call it country club, but it is basically country club compared to past training camps. But the offense is popping, man. It's you know you ain't got no haters you ain't popping as Robert Salas said the offense is is popping it's 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 noticeably different than last year even not just the play the energy like yep. the energy that Daniel Jones is bringing with these receivers so I am really giddy about the offense just after watching this practice um, we have watched we've been to eight practices after today and the offense has not had a really bad day and but here and I know you were talking to some of the beat yeah. At what point, though, do we get worried that unless Wink is sending an exotic blitz, nobody on the defense is just, like, winning their matchups? Because I'm there a little bit. Uh, well, I'm certainly there with the secondary. Even I, there was a couple of those plays today in the red zone, and I, whenever you recorded this, we're taping this on what, Friday? Even Xavier McKinney is getting kind of baked left and right by Saquon or Bellinger, by Waller. Like, Bellinger, too, inside. Darius Slayton has had a Dory Jackson Yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. Dor- Darius Slayton. That's one of my points from today is Darius Slayton has like kind yeah. of owned a Dory Jackson in this game. Which, which again, we should all be – you're never going to be happy about everything, right? Because if the offense is totally humming, then that means the defense is playing well. And last year was all about the defense, and the offense didn't play well. Yeah. The offense was better last year than we gave it credit for. I think the thing that we have to remember is, unless Wink is bringing some kind of exotic blitz, well, newsflash, Wink is going to bring a lot yeah, of exotic blitzes. Fair. Over that's fair. So that's another, right, that's another reason I'm not that concerned, is that Wink knows the strengths and knows to play with it. Oh, by the way, you know, Aziz got a rest day today, Leonard Williams a couple straight days out. I mean, 
the defense still feels like a guy is out of the loop every single practice. When you see that defense all come together in real games with exotic blitzes, I don't think it'll be the 85 Bears, but I think the defense will look a lot better than we've seen. Yeah. But it, on the opposite, like offense is just more important in the NFL. For sure. Uh, especially for a team that's in where the Giants range is right now. Defense does win championships. That or at is least a true thing, but. the improvements in the offense, I think, are more important. Yeah, this, so that's the other thing. It's like, I am really encouraged uh, for this offense coming out of camp. Like, I don't think it's a, a bad, I don't think it's an overreacting to be like, man, they are just really efficient. You know, like the worst Daniel Jones day was going six for 11. Right. And, you know, and, th- and that happened with, like, three deep passes that they just weren't able to bring down. You know, not, like, bad decision-making. And even today, like, in red zone, they went six for nine, three touchdowns. The incompletions were an Isaiah Hodgins drop, and then a ball batted down at the line of scrimmage. And they had a defensive pass interference where Saquon beat Darren Beaver. So yeah. the offense is doing a lot of different things. They truly are able to spread the ball around, too, this year, which is uh, pretty interesting with the receiving game. And even, like, hey, Darren Waller was dominating the first two days. They're not having to target him. Yeah. They're not targeting him as much. They are spreading it more to Slayton and Campbell <laughs> and everyone else. Although they made sure on both Banks and Hawkins today to make sure Waller ran right out of it and see if they could handle them too. But, yeah, I think they're pulling back because they know what they have in Darren Waller. Yeah. You don't have to overly expose that every single practice. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, just look, the unique ways. We talked about this the last time I was on with you guys. We talked about Paris Campbell. But think about it, If Hyatt really gets cooking and Slayton keeps keeps cooking. It pulls back how much you needed of Paris Campbell. Just it's so unique what they're able to throw at you. It's so different than last year. Yeah. And What's that th- noise. It's a it's we parked right under a light. And that okay. light is, is humming? Humming. Yeah. Okay. I was and that's like, what that is. Well it's me. it's a good sign for the offense. Mm, if the light is humming the offense light. should be humming. Uh who, who which So we asked you when we had you on about a month ago who do you think is going to lead the receivers and receiving? You said Paris Campbell. Are you still in on that? <laughs> this is the question I've been asking everyone, so, so I'm, I'm saying I'm phrasing it. And that for the record, you, I think it's two different answers to yards and catches. Correct. Yeah, I, I would say. So, in what realm are we talking about? Do I think Paris yards. Campbell leads the team in catches? I actually do. Yards, I don't. Uh, I've come around. I've come around to Slayton yeah. on that because of the big plays. Although I will hesitate in saying, I am curious. And we didn't get a lot of it at Friday's practice, Jalen Hyatt, with all the buzz he's building. I am curious if it becomes a little redundant in the way they use Jalen Hyatt, if that starts to take away some of the slate, and especially as the season progresses, and you hope that you know Hyatt gets stronger and better off the line. So I will say Slayton, but I am curious as to you know basically if Hyatt will tap into any of what they're using. Well, Slayton my for. overall hope is, I hope that Slayton. You know, I, I understand the theory, but. I hope that Hyatt is adding on to like kind of yeah. like what Slayton does because this team has been so, so bad, Sean. You've been listening to us for years, yeah. and I've been bitching and moaning for years about the explosive plays. <laughs> Just or an the explosive plays can, uh, panic. You know, so I'm hoping that instead of Hyatt taking away from Slayton, I'm hoping that Hyatt can add to it. Well, you know, because Slayton had, what, 14 catches of 20-plus yards last year? No other Giants receiver <laughs> had, like, more than, like, three or four. You know, so it... it it's, aggravating. It's not a bad thing to have Hyatt, Slayton, Darren Waller, Saquon, right. and then insert whoever, Cole yeah. Beasley or whatever is a safety blanket or Bellinger on the field at the same time. And you certainly. made that point a little earlier about kind of, you know, the Giants offense. You know, what, what they added this offseason is that they added to the areas of 
kind of like what was weak about their team. Yes, right? exactly. What they, what they did last year is even though they were average in points scored, well, they were less in explosive plays, but they were still kind of average. Like They were above average like EPA and stuff like that. They were really good running the ball team. It's not like they leaned more into their identity last year. Sure. They crafted their team to what they know will win like sustainable football in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. Explosive plays. And, of course, once we see Sean Robinson on the field attacking the run-stopping, the D-tackle, yes. the linebacker, and everything, which, again, I think is going to be a bigger deal on defense, too. I hope Did so. you see that kid punch his brother? Oh Look, they're God. fighting for him. Oh, my fighting. God, they're fighting. Uh, By the way, at practice, I was right. El Jefe was next to a guy. Tyrod Taylor flipped that football. Did you see when that happened? And Dable went nuts. Tyrod Taylor scores a touchdown, hits the pylon, flips the football to a fan. I've never he seen always, he always does that. I've never seen a security team act so fast to get a football. Oh yeah, back. it's insane. The Giants, oh, we the were Giants yelling, we were yelling, don't throw it back, <laughs> yeah. keep it. He's keep got it. a thousand footballs, and now I understand you don't want everybody fighting for the footballs, but it was insane. The Giants security team takes their job very seriously. Yeah, and I'm very proud of them. Maybe some of them should play defense. We're talking about the receiving room. We are. Jalen Hyatt said offensive rookie of the year is his goal. <laughs> One, I'm like, okay. WFA ain't eating that up. Him saying oh, that. Him you saying, kidding me? I'm with Tommy Lugar's upside here. We can't wait to talk about this on Friday. <laughs> I, I was excited to, like, he, like honestly, I kind of like hearing him say that, where I'm like, yeah, maybe Hyatt can be offensive rookie By of the, the way, year. I understand he's not a first-round pick. Is it any different than some of the swagger from Kayvon Thibodeau last year when he was drafted? Remember, that was like a big thing. Yeah, wow, this confidence. guy's brash. He's, he's got confidence. confidence. Yeah. Right, Jalen Hyatt's showing a little confidence. Now, I could tell you, we were at the Brian Dable press conference before practice on Friday. Dable, without t- he's not happy with Jalen Hyatt saying that. You could totally see. Yeah. He was asked about it. He had this like grimace look on his face. You know, Basically said something to the effect that, well, why don't you ask him about that? And, you know, <laughs> Renan was the one that followed up and said, well, I'm asking you. <laughs> and he had some kind of piggyback on that, but uh, I don't think Dable likes the young guys chirping or talking, or at least bringing notice. It almost feels yeah. like the Giants want Jalen Hyatt to fly under the radar to catch you know Dallas and whoever else in September by surprise. But newsflash, social media exists. Jalen Hyatt's a birder. I think him saying that he's we shoot for offensive rookie of the year isn't going to catch anybody off guard. And I want him to feel like that. Yeah. Uh, also, Amon St. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was one right. of these guys. Remember, he was drafted whatever round he was taken. And he had that hard knocks last year, and he had the swagger of he memorizes every receiver taken in front of him. I should have been that guy. Yeah. Is that doing him any wrong, having that confidence? So I no. love that out of out of Jalen Hyatt. That's actually a good question for Jalen Hyatt for the reporters next time you get him. Like, Do you know the players that were drafted ahead of you? Because I bet he seems like the guy, the type yeah. of guy who's going to remember. Guys, that. take that serious. Yeah. Um, what do you, On the defensive side, do you like you've? I know you haven't been to all the practices and stuff like that, but do you have? What do you? What do you like expect or like have any worries about Deontay Banks as a rookie? So, in talking to people today, there seems to be less worry about Deontay Banks from people covering the team than I think fans freaking out in the stands, which is good. I think you are going to see his speed used a lot on those corner blitzes, which I think helps. You don't have to send a Dory as much and leave him back in coverage, and I think that'll actually be a strength. Yeah. Look, rookie corners struggle. Not Nobody is Sauce Gardner. I hate to give any Jet fans credit or the Jets credit, but it's the truth. He's going to struggle. He's going to get targeted, especially with a Dory Jackson on the other side. But with that, he'll make plays. I'll never forget being at MetLife, the first game Prince Amukamara played as a rookie versus the yeah. Eagles and Vince Young. Big interception. He comes off the field, and he looks like he's lost on the the fielding comes up with a pick. 
Deontay Banks is going to have a couple of those moments this year where you feel like he's lost. He ends up turning it into a turnover. His speed is going to matter. He's going to stick with receivers. You know how many good receivers are in the NFC. So he's going to have his bumps, but I don't think it's going to be a complete where you're like, oh, this is an abomination. And again, what you see in September and October, did we not learn anything from last year? Evolves in November and December. That's why early in the year, it's just about stashing wins in the pocket. So I think we'll get the best of Banks late in the year. Yeah, I, I, there's something actually I want to go do is like look at like the last whatever all pro corners and go look at their rookie season yeah. and see how they struggle. You, you think Richard Sherman had an awesome weeks one through four as a rookie? Yeah, like a lot of the guys really do struggle at that position. Uh, and I think Banks has been better as, yeah. you know, the last few days compared to the first but, but know, like, four days where he was being picked on. It took Corey Webster, and he was a second-round pick, but it was their first pick. That year. Oh, he was two, in Coughlin's dog Two house. years before he was a really legitimate corner for the Giants. Coughlin hated him. Right. <laughs> What did you think of Darren Waller your first time looking at yeah. him? Yeah, what? I mean, I mean, you were up close and personal. Look, I'm can just going to tell you. Can you run you, faster than him? I am a straight married man. Sure. I looked at Darren Waller today, and I wanted to make love to him. Mm. He is his legs. He. I am looking at something in a giant uniform I have not seen in years. And I know that Odell is a different kind of special player, but he is like if you chiseled the ideal throwing threat, tight end, deep threat for this giant team playmaker into an under-armor mannequin, it's Darren Waller. And then you just see him versus versus defenders. And it, by the way, yeah, the defense struggles. Well, you have guys that are throwing the ball. How much different is it when Darren Waller's your go-to guy on corners instead of Darius Slayton, with all due respect? He is, I, I am in full-blown love. Full-bloom love, as Dave yeah. Gentleman would say. What do you um, that was one of the most outrageous lines anybody has ever said on the show. I think that's the first time anybody has ever said that they wanted to make love to somebody on the show. I Look, and by the way, if he stays healthy, we're all going to be one of the make love to Darren make, Waller. We're all going to make love to Darren Waller. Yes. What are you expecting out of Daniel Jones this year? Like mm. It's coming off of a, a good year, got its contract, got him some weapons. And, you know, we're just talking about the offense being good and the weapons, but it's like, man, he is... He's always been a guy who's spread the ball around pretty yep. evenly, and now he has, like, the best roster he's ever had and to do that. And you can see the confidence around the roster, too, right? Like, all the receivers coming. They look at him as more – I wonder if the contract, like, invigorated the locker room a little bit, too. They're all, I'm almost getting a sense they look at him as more of the man than they yeah. did a year ago. So here's the thing. You want to put yardage on it? Should he be a 4,000-yard passer and throw 30 touchdowns, even though he's never done that? Yeah, that sounds good. Win games. Win games, right. Win games. Don't turn the ball over. He doesn't have to be a game manager. I don't know that he'll get to 30 or any of that, but we're also discounting the fact that he runs touchdowns in. The team does have Saquon Barkley. So it's about how the offense does it. The team needs to score another touchdown per game, in essence. Yeah. Now, that doesn't add up to points per game. We know how that works. Find a way to do that, whether it's through passing or if you drive down the field passing and you end up running it in, that's fine. Whatever that total is, I think the team in total needs to score whatever 7 times 17 is more a game, and they will win more games. And also have more games. I was expecting this at, at points last year where you know I knew the offense wasn't going to be perfect last year, but I thought there would be at least maybe three-ish games yeah. where they would be like 30-plus points. Right, how many Talking Giants episodes? Is this the game? They're finally going to yeah, get 30 so, points. They should score 30 points six, seven times minimum this year. Whoa! I really believe that. I believe that. If Darren Waller's healthy, mm. and Saquon Barkley now is not having boxes stacked against him, yeah. and they have the threat of the deep pass with Jalen Hyatt, I don't think that's outrageous. I really Six, don't. seven times. Now, I have to look at how many times the Chiefs have done that. Maybe everybody's going to go, they've only done that four times, and I'm, uh, can I say asshole? I'm an asshole. Can I say that? Yeah. Four. Okay. Four. Four? That's how many times the Chiefs did it last year? No, 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 no. That's the Giants? How many, that's how many I want. All right, that's fine. Four. 
Put it this way, it oh, can't be. Saying, that's how many times he said asshole. No, but it can't be. It can't be. They have none going into like Thanksgiving weekend versus the Pats. No, I don't. I don't want to start that trend yeah. again. No. Of, the Giants haven't scored thirty no points since. Blah, blah, blah. How about drop thirty on Dallas and Oakland? It won't that happen. That would Sunday night football is kooky, and yeah. it's, it's not talked about enough because also Giants fans, we don't. You know, we haven't experienced yeah. Sunday night football since like twenty sixteen. But Sunday night football is. Always a kooky game yeah, every single week, happen. and it feels like it always comes down to the wire, and it's like a high-scoring game, and we're going to win week one. And by the way, my 30 – I agree. That 30-point thing I'm talking about, that also happens a lot more if the defense is giving up a lot and you get into shootouts. But you know but what? It's not illegal to win a game like right. 33 to I, that's 27. True. I think we have – in 2019, I think we had four, so yeah. and that makes sense with that defense. Yeah. Um, my next question, uh, call Tiki. Right now? Yeah. He's driving right now. Oh, you can drive and call. I, I didn't you say guys, text him. Are you guys at that point where it's like I didn't Sean, say Marash is, Sean Marash is calling me, this is probably an emergency, or it's like, oh, it's Sean Marash? Uh, no, we're at that point. I'm not afraid to call. Here's the problem. You're asking him on a very bad weekend. He just oh, drove no. overnight because his wife made him drive instead of taking a plane to go see his brother get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Dro- his so wife, he left at 9 p.m. So his day had his a flight scheduled. Made him drive. And she was scared the flight was... They were starting to get... Hey, it might this be a thunderstorm. T- this is Tiki Barber. And Tiki Barber, a regular man like the rest of us, is basically stopping at Perkins and Cracker Barrel, uh, driving from uh, New Jersey to Canton. So the only reason I don't want to call him right now, he took off of the show. I don't know where he is on this road trip. And if he's gotten there, he was the one driving all night. Dude, but wow. here's the thing is... He's Tiki Barber. You're making a long road trip. What's better than a phone call from a friend? Wow. That's the time when you get those phone calls. In. I could see you going through your head. You're going through All the right, motion. Oh wow! Hold on. Oh, what are we going to no. ask him? What do we got, Justin? Hurry up! What are we going to ask him? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to ask him. How How was your brother getting inducted to the Hall of Fame? I'm sure you would like to one day. That's, don't no, don't, 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 don't throw that. Him. No, don't now do I'm that. not calling. You guys are out. I'm not doing it. That uh, That's a sensitive subject. Wait, we could just do record prediction. <laughs> Tiki Barber record prediction. Oh, I got to save that for our show. Well, I'll give you mine, but Tiki's got to reveal that with us. I generally meant that. It's like you would like but to one day. I will, you want to talk about road trips? Yeah, I will. I look at this really awesome thing. Wish you got that, huh? <laughs> to that point, I will tell you this. And it's already in the works. My friend Tommy's out there. He's going to come with. Tiki is serious. And he's mentioned this on the air. And I don't know if you got what you guys have planned. We are, as long as the team's good, going to Philly. Tiki is sitting in the, in the stadium to on Christmas Day. <sighs> me, Tiki's already told me I'm coming. Tommy's coming. We are going to make it. We're going to do presents with all our kids in the morning. We're getting in the car. We're driving to Philly. And Tiki is going to sit out there like a regular fan dressed in giant stuff. I'll drive. So let's go. And he, he wants other giant fans with us. So we can all get tickets. If you want to sit with Tiki Barber, we're going to go to the game. I've always, I'm looking for a reason I to get I don't celebrate Christmas, so that'd be a good like, reason. Could thing you to imagine do that walking out of there? Could we finally beat Philly and Tiki's having batteries pelted at him with us? Oh, I will be Tiki's bodyguard for that. Yeah. That's the time, is it uh, not? People lost their minds that Giants fan threw snowballs on the field. Yeah. Now, those were rocks, I yeah. will say. But they literally threw bat- – like, where, did, where yeah. did you get all those batteries from? It's crazy. And they don't like it be, be, being brought up. But. Yeah. Uh, so here, Don't do scummy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Philly, anyways. Uh, let's, do, let's do it. Record prediction. What is your 2023 record prediction for the New York Giants? I don't have one. It doesn't matter. I'm not caring about record. Oh, no. You can't pull a John Schmilk last year and say, I don't care. I, no, you I, can't do it. I'm not doing that. I just love that. This is about growth. Last year, the best tweet from Talking Giants was "I don't care." Should have cared. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's when we went six and one. It was like the best. L for Doug and L for this guy. And you know what? L for John Smilk. Should have cared. So I was just with Ryan Dunleavy. I was just with Jordan. I think Renato. that actually bothered him too. It, it did bother him. Yeah. Well, both of those guys were negative just now. Uh, 
Not so. negative. Dunleavy kind of takes pride in the fact that he's had the the bad record. He does talk. He does talk about that. This seems very like mid and straightforward, but I really think ten and seven. I think the team will win one more game than they did last year, which, by the way, they should have won if Feliciano doesn't take a stupid penalty versus Washington. I disagree. Mm. That was Feliciano flexing at his own teammate and the dumbass ref. I, I, I don't blame. Feliciano regardless, for that. that that play cost them a win. It cost them a win. They should win ten games, and I am. I just said this to Jordan too. I am so tired of hearing about this schedule. Are the Giants better than the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. yes. Are they better than the New England Patriots? Yes. Yes. Are they better than Washington and yes. Sam Howell? That's four wins. Are they better than the Green Bay Packers? Yes. Okay, that's five wins. Are they better than the Rams at the end of the year? Yes. That's six wins. Are they better than the Saints? Yes. That's yes. seven wins. But here's the thing, wins. you're going to lose, uh, maybe, you can uh, lose a game or two to teams you're better than. So, yes, you can. But I also disagree that now we have the coaching staff where if these are the close games, the games you're supposed to be prepared for, yeah. I'm no longer going, which one of these games are they going to blow and have a letdown? That's how, We've had so many of those. I don't believe in that in the Dable era. I think they will win at least those seven games. And now what? I'm asking them to find three more wins between two Dallas games. I'm not even going to talk about Philly. Seattle, That they, we shouldn't chalk that up as a loss. Yeah. So 10-7. and seven. Week one versus Dallas to me is so important. Totally, because you have to split with Dallas, and starting off one and one and zero with the like that start of that schedule to me would be so important because then you have this, the ability to go two and zero versus the Cardinals. Because I'm going ten and seven at well as well. Oh come on, that was I'm going to. But it's all dependent on Week One versus the Cowboys. Yeah. You have to beat the Bobby. Cowboys Week One at home Bobby, with this new offense. That? I start thinking about eleven wins if we win Week One. I gotta be honest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, and I've said this line five times already, but. Like, the one thing that worries me about this season is not how the offense looks. Or it's it's we are the third team in our division on paper. Yeah. By a good margin. Like, the Cowboys have made – the Cowboys got made some upgrades this year that – like, Brandon Cooks, to I me, know. I think is the most underrated signing See, of the offseason. Giving Dak that second receiver, I think, is really big for them. I understand that, and I'm not telling you they stink. I believe the gap between the Giants and Dallas is closer than the Giants and Washington. I agree. And I believe despite those additions, Gilmore's getting older. That Cowboy offensive line. Gilmore doesn't worry me a ton. It's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. I get it. I get it. CeeDee Lamb in the slot. It, you want to talk about matchups? Maybe they're a bad matchup and Micah Parsons could wreck it. But the but, Giants have coaching advantage. Right. But over the 17-game long haul with Dallas, I think Dallas is going to show a lot more warts than the Giants. I think the Giants are going to finish above Dallas this year. I think Dallas mm. wins like eight, nine games. Oh, wow. Can you – um, take. Can I tell you what my favorite segment and on the new afternoon drive show is? Sure. And Evan and Tiki, WFAN 2 to 625. It's your segment. Cinco, Cinco de Fivo. Yes. It's, uh, you did it with Zach Wilson yesterday. Oh, I was listening to that, too. I thought that was It was fun. happy and birthday, I, Zach Wilson, yes. It was like, like passive-aggressive, but also it's not because those are like good Zach Wilson moments. Well, yeah, that's so the bit. Next, yeah. next time you come on, can you prepare that for us? I'm sure my boss, Spike, would love if I did a single day 5-0 prepared with you guys next time I'm on, for sure. Is that, that sarcastic? So no, I'm serious. He, oh, okay. he loves the segment, yes. That's As our segment. producer, Tommy, shakes Wait, his head, yes. Tom, let's get Tommy in for a record prediction. Tommy, come here for a record prediction. Speaking come in here. Come in here. Come here. Mic are we going to get? You can take mine. Just, just sit right here. Put your head right here so you can just... You can oh, you'll, you'll, you'll get in, yeah. Ten wins for the Giants. Let's go Giants. No ties? No ties. No ties. No ties. No ties. The way Tommy shows up to a wedding. No ties. So I was, I will, I'll be not no no shot at Tommy, but I was hoping to be like new episode talking Giants with Sean Marash and Tiki Barber, but we're gonna do it with Tommy Luke. Yeah, well, you gotta settle. Uh, but you sound like a lot of people disappointed when me and Tommy show up somewhere. <laughs> okay, what's been your favorite tweet? Because that's one of my favorite things about talking to radio people. Is like yeah. just the random tweets you get sent at you, like in a break. 
What's the favorite, the best one you've gotten, and then we'll end on this. <laughs> um, well, it's, can I give you a two-parter? Yeah. Okay. People go to this well so much, but there is this like jacked swell dude, and I will not give his Twitter handle, that has tweeted at me multiple times, and my boss, you need to fire this fat F. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Calling me a fat F. That was my nickname in high school. This same person <laughs> last night, and we're taping this on Friday, tweeted at Tommy Lugauer, who had a great tweet with some of the effect of... Re- they've opened a I few saw restaurants. The Revis, on Re- the Revis yeah. tweet. Yeah, they've opened a few restaurants on Revis Island, and this same person tweeted him. Oh, we're stooping to fat shaming now. That was that guy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> we're stooping to fat shaming. It's all you've done to me for a week and a half. Oh, I wanted to ask you to end this to yell about something, and you did. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. This is Sean Marash of. Uh, Tiki and Tiern, or Tiki and Tiki. Oh, it's oh, Evan come and Tiki. Evan and Tiki. I've been saying Tiki and Tierney for so long. Evan and Tiki yes. with Sean Marash. Take care. And Tommy Lugauer. Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Come on. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right. Thank you, Sean Marash of WFAN. Patreon listeners, shut your damn mouth. Don't say anything. Uh, we're going to Detroit. We are driving the van Monday morning. We'll be there for both joint practices. We'll have an inter- uh, interview from the van in Detroit. We'll have a recap podcast coming out Thursday, plus our live streams afterwards. What are you, So there's a couple things I'm looking forward to. One, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. I want you to go against Penny Sewell, who I, I love Penny Sewell. Like, the only tackle prospect that I've liked more than Andrew Thomas in the last – you know, since we started doing this, is Penny Sewell. Uh, and I think he's on his way to being the best right tackle in, in the NFL. Uh, so I want to see Kayvon versus him. And then the other one that really is like, I want to see Deontay Banks go against their wide receivers, who we haven't seen much out of Banks. And so it's a frustrating thing with a corner where when they're getting picked on, you notice a ton. We haven't seen Deontay, like he's given us some catches here and there, but not get picked on. But I'm not like watching Deontay Banks film in practice, so it's like I, I'm not. I can't give you a full evaluation. In Detroit, I am going to be keeping an extra eye on Deontay Banks first. First, there, guys. So those are like the two main things I'm looking forward to out there. Yeah, I just want to see guys on defense make more plays. You know, because I'm at, you know, we're hey, we're really excited. You know, this is how it works. You're excited about the Giants' offense. Um, you're happy when one side of the ball is doing well, um, but then you want to try and not get too concerned or you're going to be really worried about the other side of the ball that that is not performing well. So I want to see some guys step up on defense and, and make some plays, whether that's guy in the, like besides Trey Hawkins, like, you know, Deontay Banks got picked on the list, you know, the first couple days, but he's, it seems like he's settled in nicely. Um, but besides Trey Hawkins, nobody has been really consistent, consistently good on defense. I mean, you after know Deontay I mean? Banks, Adora Jackson's probably giving up the most catches yeah. on defense. McKinney, has like, like there's been a lot of times where the highlight plays that we're posting social media clips are are against Xavier McKinney. So I want to see like those two guys make plays, you know. So like I'm not gonna be excited about the Detroit Lions offense doing well like I am the Giants offense. Um, with that, I do want I want to see the Giants offense do re- like no doubt. What are you looking for? The Giants offense to do good, but mm-hmm. I do want to see how much can we replicate of what we've seen the last nine days versus a different defense um, in in Detroit. Also, we've mentioned before the rotation of the offensive line. Yeah. I, th- I think we should get a good view of what they plan to do by that, by these two practices. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to the l- matching up with the Lions specifically, since that was one of the only games last year where we got blown out. 
from start to finish. And it was and it was at home, besides the Eagles game. But home game where we got blown out. What the Lions do offensively clearly did not match with what the Giants were doing defensively last year, especially with what they do with running the ball. I don't know how much running the ball they're going to do, but you know, in, in team drills, you know, we may see it. We may see misdirection. Well, how how will the Giants defense and how will Bobby O'Karake and some of our linebackers, how will they deal with that? Uh, clearly, even though the Giants had the most 20-plus yard plays and passing plays uh, like all season last year against the Lions, or they tied it, but a lot of that was in garbage time. So the relevant time that the Giants offense tried to uh, be productive they weren't. So I'm interested to see how the Giants you know, how the Giants offense matches up with the defense that they couldn't do much against last year. So I like the the opponent in Detroit, especially since we did not do well against them last year. Last thing. And this kind of goes against I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to see a fight in nine days of practice at the Giants. We're going to see a fight in Detroit. And I don't want that. Because that the joint practices with fights ruin the practices. Oh. Unless it's at the end of the second practice. Then they can fucking brawl for all I care. But I don't want to see practices ruined by fights. Okay. Which we often see with these joint practices. Why don't we, why don't we just have a responsible fight on day one? You know what we can do? What we could do is Sterling Shepard did with the Cleveland Browns two years ago. Joint just, practices. Just, just let him go. Practice is over. He's literally got his pad, shoulder pads off, and they are throwing up their sets and, and fighting. Yep. It was crazy time. Yeah, remember, like we had pictures of Sterling Shepard with his setup. That was that was people's wallpaper for a little bit. I still have that on my phone. <laughs> um, who was the corner that it was against? I can't remember. Amani Aurier. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I do. Like, I don't want to see practices get ruined by fights. Now, well, if a fight happens, am I going to be freaking amped up? Hell yes. yeah. That is the one thing where it's like I may just run on the field as if there's a fight, mm-hmm. especially if someone starts something with Thomas. I'll go tackle Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. Like, I'll, I will punch him in the helmet. Uh, Bobby breaks his hand. D- here's another thing. I hate when people who have never been in a football fight talk about, like, why do they punch each other in helmets? You just, you've had to live it. And also, you, you can it. give, you can hurt someone by like, punching someone that you can, like, have you ever heard? Get him in the ear hole. Do people get concussions wearing helmets? Evan Neal just did. I'm telling you, a punch <laughs> to the helmet, at least if you, especially if you get like two or three in. Hurt someone's head. Punch him in the ear hole. That's yeah, what my ear, father always ear, ear told hold, me to do. Yeah, ear hold him. So. My, fa- my father was a big ear hole guy. So, all right, anything Tough. else, Justin, before we go? people, are, While people are listening to this, we are on the way to Detroit. Yes, we are. We're going to go live on, um, per- uh, not Periscope, we're going to go live on Twitter. I'm really glad they fixed that. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't wait to, like, in certain moments, I, I, I may even try and do it at the stadium, but uh, away games. Like, that's how I, like, kind of built my small reputation back in the day is just by going live on Twitter and, like, big moments and just doing stuff. I remember in training camp 2019, it was you you would watch. I literally would listen to them and work at work. Wow. I would bring, like, look at, my, look at my profile picture on Twitter where I'm holding a microphone that's a $30 karaoke microphone that sounds really, really, it sounds really, really good. Uh, I still have it. And I would live stream the entire practice and I would show and I would commentate over. I didn't just show it and then not talk. I would commentate over and I would interact with people. So that was a, that was a lot of fun. So, all right. We'll see you guys this week in Detroit. Make sure to stick along for everything. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.